0: How's everybody doing? Good. I see some familiar faces. Thank you for being here again and putting up with me for another hour. But I'm excited to be here with you today because we're going to talk about one of the most awful situations that I see, and that's allergies. How many of you have an allergy? Or? Many anyway, of them. Okay, quite a few. Aren't they awful? I mean, my goodness, you, most of the time, those of you that have them, have you already had allergy testing and all that kind of stuff done? Yep, some of them, I see some heads shaking, yep. You know, the thing about allergy horses is usually they come back allergic to everything under the sun that you possibly couldn't keep a horse away from. I mean, why in the world would a horse ever be allergic to flies? no sense to me. Why would a horse ever be allergic to pollen, for goodness sakes, or dust? You know? Turn it up. That I don't know how to do. Can you hear me now? Is that any better at all? Okay, good. How's that? that better? You know, why would a horse ever be allergic to pollen? Because you did it. Good, thank you. You're so good. I mean, horses were made to live in the wild, right? You know, dust and allergen and, and, and pollen. It's just not logical for a horse to be allergic to them. And I love to use this analogy that uh, I want to share with you in just a second. You know, allergy is a new thing. It had not it hadn't been around except since the Industrial Revolution. They didn't used to have allergies, in other words. It used to be called rose fever, way back when it first started, because of course flowers, smelling flowers, but the only place that it even occurred was in industrial towns in Europe. Coal mining town, you know where they had um, environmental pollutants in the air. So that kind of tells me something. You know, maybe there's maybe there's some other cause than just an allergy. You know, what is it that's truly causing these, these uh, awful, awful situations where you use steroids and antihistamines and everything else to take care of it. Has anyone been down the steroid route? Absolutely, it's awful because all that's doing is covering up the problem. It's not fixing it. It's just making it um, kind of where you can't see what's going on. You know, it might make the symptoms go away a little bit, but the problem's still there. I absolutely promise it's still there. But can you imagine, you know, horse allergic to dust, flies, things like that. Can you imagine a Native American Indian slipping through the forest, trying to slip up on a deer and sneezing as he goes through the dust? I mean, it just wasn't a problem before the Industrial Revolution. It wasn't a problem before commercial fees. I see more allergies today than you could ever imagine. It is the biggest problem I see. It seems like one out of maybe ten horses has an allergy. Situation and are usually so bad that um, the owners are just so frustrated they don't know what else to do. So they just rely on those steroids, and then that leads to some other problem like laminitis, or they rely on those drugs, it leads to um, maybe a gut problem uh, down the road. You know, everything you give, as far as medication, has some type of consequence. I mean, even an asthma. An there's going to be something that develops down the road. It might make the problem go away, but there's going to be something else that develops. Some of these allergy medicines are so bad that anything's possible. You know, it's, you're not getting any gain from using steroids and antihistamines. In my opinion. You just got to keep looking back at what the true cause is of these allergies. Now understand, I used to use steroids by the gallons. I used to use antihistamines by the gallons. But I don't use any drugs at all in my practice anymore. Uh, I'm not your regular, normal, everyday veterinarian anymore, obviously. Um, You know, at one time in my life I was so dead set against anything natural or anything herbal or anything holistic uh, that you know, I just wouldn't even talk about it. I remember a client bringing me a book one time on uh, natural health for dogs. And she was a great client. She just wanted me to evaluate this book. And she handed it to me. And you know what? I looked at the title of it that said Natural Health for Dogs. As a courtesy, I flipped through the book that fast and I threw it back at her and I said, this guy's a quack. That's where I was at one point in my life. Now I don't use any drugs or chemical anything. but some major things have change in my life for me to at least open my mind up enough to look at other options you know, other alternatives. And if you'll stop by the booth, I'll share a, a, a CD that talks about some of that, you know, my transition from conventional medicine to really an all natural uh, practice now. Major things occurred. But anyway, um, allergies in horses are an absolute nightmare, and the reason is most veterinarians don't address the true cause. They just try to address the symptoms, just try to, but they don't know any better. They don't, they're do where I was way back when. They're, they're not open-minded enough to look at the options to see what might be available besides just uh, steroids and antihistamines. Um, Even with people, it's the same situation. Most of the time when you go to your allergist, they're going to maybe do some allergy testing, and they're going to find out what you're allergic to, and then they're going to desensitize you with these injections and so on. But in the meantime, they're probably going to put you on some type of steroid or some type of antihistamine or something to make the symptoms go away. you all agree with me? and understand where they're coming from because I used to be there, you know. I was so dead set against anything natural. I I didn't even recommend vitamins for for horses. I didn't recommend vitamins for puppies, for goodness sakes. I thought Purina had all the answers way back then, you know. But things have changed. Absolutely no questions about it. If you have an allergy, if you have a horse that has an allergy, one of the first things you have to look at is what you're feeding that horse. How in the world does these affect um, an allergy situation? You know, that's the gut. That has nothing to do with both heights. Make a whole lot of sense. The food does, and here's why. Or if you have an allergy, you've got to look at what you eat. Um, did you know that most allergy allergies in people start in the gut? Most allergies in horses start in the gut, and the reason is the uh, the food that we eat and the food that we feed our horses today, for the most part, the commercial foods are pretty much junk we're putting in our bodies today is pretty much junk. And we're all guilty of it. There might be some in here that's really good at it, but we're so exposed to so much junk food and so much fast food and so much food that's really not even uh, good food anymore because even if we buy the best food we can, it's grown in an an environment where all the nutrition is gone from the soil. You know, so you're still getting junk food even if it's not fast food. But what happens when a horse or when a person ingest food, and it goes into the gut, if it passes through the stomach in an undigested form, you know, like protein, for instance. Protein is is, is made up of molecules called amino acids, or you know, amino acids are kind of like the lungs on the ladder, and the ladder is the whole protein. So when you have proteins that aren't broken down into those individual sections, individual amino acids in the gut, and they're bigger molecules than amino acids, or are protein parts, the body actually sometimes will leak those proteins, will let those proteins leak into the system. And they're so large, they're so um, big that the body reacts to them by... Um, saying they're foreign material. no, well, no, we got to do something about this. So they send all the stuff in to fight these proteins that creates an allergic situation. Maybe not immediately, but over time. Now that's happening in people a lot with things like wheat gluten. That's large particles of protein is happening with milk in many cases, because that type of protein... Um, I could go on and on. I mean, many, many, many types of foods are not being properly broken down from people's size. And the reason is, the food's so lousy to begin with, and our, and our stomachs are so messed up from all the antacids and drugs and everything else we take, that it's just not properly being digested. And the food is cooked no enzymes left to actually break the food down. The acidity in the gut is not what it should be. It's all messed up from the manlock and everything else that we take, but so it's just not properly being broken down into the small particles that it should be. Does this make sense? And it's the same way in horses. Your commercial feed is full of this junk-type stuff, too. It's full of uh, wheat. It's full of corn. It's full of little bits and pieces of who knows what if it's a commercial feed. In fact, I challenge you, if you're feeding a commercial feed, just take a tablespoon of that feed, put it out on a white piece of paper, and take a um, pocket knife and just start separating all the pieces parts. You know, a pile over here, a pile of this over there by the time you get it all separated, it's hard to you be can't hardly recognize what each of these piles are, and that's what we're feeding our horses. And then you take a pellet of food, and you feed them pellets, but what do they do to make those pellets? They cook it. Right? It's cooked. Now I don't know any horse that eats anything that's cooked in a right? Again, we're feeding our horses cooked food, where those enzymes are destroyed in many cases so those proteins can't be broken down into those small parts. Is this making sense at all? So one of the first things you got to do with these allergy horses is look at the diet you got to figure out, you know, what you're feeding, if it's the right thing. One more thing with commercial feeds is the fats that are in those feeds. What we are feeding our horse fat-wise is the same thing that we're eating, only worse. Now, most Americans are getting, I'm sure you will agree, the wrong kind of fat. They're getting fat that's hydrogenated, that's processed, that is... Um, Good fats like margarine. How many know that margarine is not too good for you? Hallelujah. You know, margarine is like eating plastic, for goodness sake. You know, some plastics are made from fat. Butter is so much better for you than margarine. Because what happens when we eat these fats, it's so critical that you understand that. And when we eat these fats, and, more, and when we feed our force these fats that are in these commercial feeds, it's not processed in the body properly either. It actually is like, the effect on the body is like eating plastic they not plastic that goes all the way through the body, but plastic that gets into the, the individual cells themselves and makes those cells in the body like little plastic bags. Now, our whole body is made up of cells. I mean, gazillions of cells. Every organ is a particular type of cell. Some cells have more facts than others. This is so important that we understand this too, because most diseases can be treated Help with just the right kind of fats, because the brain, for instance, if you have a neurodegenerative disease like in people Parkinson's or MS or some type of situation like that where the nerves are affected, guess what? Most nerves are, are fat. It's the brain is 60-80% fat, the spinal cord is mostly fat, all the nerves are fat, with all these neurodegenerative diseases, most of the time, there's absolutely no question about being a fat being related to those problems. In fact, there's a doctor here in Pennsylvania. Her name is uh, Patricia King. She's in Haverham or something, Pennsylvania. She actually treats or focuses her practice on neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, where people come in her practice in wheelchairs. You know, their nerves are so bad that they can't even walk anymore. And you know what her main treatment is for these diseases? Is injecting fat. And they go home walking. I not mean first time, but you know, gets the fat right, floods the body with good, good fat, gets rid of the bad fat, and they get better. Now, that tells me something. I mean, that is exciting to me. But it's sad, too, because of all the junk we're putting in our bodies every day and all the junk we're especially putting in our horses' bodies. Because if you look at a bag of commercial feed, I promise you that it has a fat content. And that fat content is usually pretty high right now because we're on a, kind of on this high fat kick of horses. But in every case, At least 99% of the cases this fat is hydrogenated processed fat, and it's like making every cell in the body plastic. Uh, The hydrogenated fat is so bad that um, let me just draw you, just to give you some idea. Why it's so critical? Because you, you just got to get these horses off these commercial pigs. And I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to have an answer for your allergy horses when I leave here. And, and not just a made-up answer. I'm talking about an answer that has helped thousands and thousands of horses. But it's not just a simple thing. We've got to address a couple issues. Imagine that being a cross-section of a cell in the body. Maybe the brain, a nervous, t- uh, some nervous tissue. Any cell, it doesn't matter. You know, It's kind of like a basketball. A section of it. If you look at the skin of that basketball, look at the membrane of that cell. It um, it's like the skin of a basketball, but there's little. If you look at it under a microscope, there's little lines. Well, these lines are fat cells. If you look at them close under the microscope, they're actually vibrating, and what they're doing is they're allowing the nutrition to get into the cell, and they're allowing the junk to get out. Now, these are fat cells, but if you look at a horse or a person that's at their cells under an electron microscope where they have these junk fats, these processed fats. Now, what am I talking about? Corn oil is one of them? vegetable oil, Wesson oil, things that they're putting in these commercial feeds, if you look at them, instead of being that way, they're all jumbled up. They're all messed up. They're not lined up perfectly getting the nutrition in and getting the junk out. And they're dead. They're not even vibrating anymore. It's amazing what fat does to the body, the wrong fat. But it's also amazing what good fat does to the body. Even a lot of these diseases like EPM and Lyme, I know Lyme is a big problem up here, super organisms, super bugs, they can actually get trapped in these fat cells and this junk fat. So you know why EPM comes back? After you spend all those thousands of dollars for you is because those organisms become trapped in this dead drunk fat. So, what do we do with those type of horses? We flood the body with good fat. What do we do with allergy horses? We flood the body with good fat to displace all this bad fat. This makes sense. Pretty technical, but you know, it's just really common sense if you really think about it. But the bad fat are the western oils, the corn oils, the Uh, what they put in commercial food. Why do they put this stuff in commercial food? It's cheap. And there is a good reason, though, because it's the only type of fat that they can put in a bag that they can then sell you and sit in your feed room for two or three months or maybe two or three weeks or whatever without going rancid. That's why we have it in our diet so much is because it stabilizes the food. It keeps it from going rancid so that it can sit on the shelf longer. So there's a reason for it, but it's not a good reason health-wise. I mean, just look at the health care system in this country. It's not in too good a shape. Our country is in awful shape as far as health care. And our horses are quickly becoming in bad shape, too. I've never seen so much insulin resistance in horses, so much cushion, so much diabetes, not really diabetes, but um, uh, laminitis, you know, our horses today are not as healthy as they used to be. Would you agree with me? You know, what have we done to them? Of us have got off. I mean, even, even plain old corn is probably better than commercial feed, although it's all sugar, and then a the whole other group of things go along with that. But, you know, my grandfather, when I grew up, we'd we take all corn. But the horses worked. You know, it's not like they don't work as much today corn is another thing you, in my opinion, you don't really want to feed, but it would even still be better than commercial feed, because it's one thing, you know, it's, 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 it's not a bunch of junk, it's not a bunch of fat. Another issue with commercial feed, especially if you have, um, let's say an easy keeper. What's the first thing you do with an easy keeper horse? Cut back on their feed, right? If you look at that bag of commercial fees, it's designed maybe for a thousand-pound horse to eat five pounds a day, okay? Just as a for instance. Whatever it says on the bag is what the ideal situation is. If you feed that amount of food every day, then that horse is going to get the extra things that are added to that junk that we talked about earlier. You know, as far as vitamins minerals and enzymes and so on. Alright, with this easy keeper, let's say you're only giving him one pound. He would be getting five pounds less of what he really needs as far as the other stuff that's added. Does that make sense? And let's say you have a hard keeper that needs to eat 10 or 15 pounds a day. He's all out of balance some other way. But the bottom line is when they're out of balance there, because you're not getting the vitamins and minerals and enzymes, it negatively affects the metabolism even more. In this lower case, it makes it more than easy keeper because it shuts down the metabolism when they don't have the vitamins and minerals and so on. So you can't possibly even get a horse right with commercial feeds unless you have the ideal horse. Does that make sense? And then with commercial feeds, of course, many of them are pellets as we talked about the cooks and the stuff's cooked out of and so on and so forth. So what is, what is the closest thing to natural that you can feed a horse? Well, what I found is oats. Oats is a seed head that horses might be uh, exposed to something similar in the wild, you know, grass heads. Um, it's not that they're going to find oats in a while, but it's the closest thing that we have in mass quantity. feed feeder horses is the closest we we seed, in my opinion. And the beauty of oats is you can give them whatever amount of oats they need. Needs keep an a keeper, just a handful, a hard keeper, whatever. But then you can put the good fat, the good kind of fats, on whatever amount of oats they need. Then you can put the good amount of, the right amount of vitamins, minerals, and enzymes on whatever amount they need. It doesn't make sense. It's a, feeding is very simple. Just go back to oats. Especially with these allergy oils. If you just change the feed from commercial feed and go back to regular plain old rolls, or whole oats, whole oats, and then add good fat and good vitamins, and please come by the booth and I'll tell you what kind you need. Okay? So we've got the thing that makes oats complete and we've got the best kind of oil you can possibly buy. The best kind of fat, in other words. Does that make sense? I mean, it's really so simple because it all starts in the gut as far as things goes. It all starts in the gut. Yes, ma'am. Right. The type of fat that we use is not corn oil, it's not western oil, it's not rice bran, and a rice bran, by the way, has a tendency to pull calcium out of the bones. If you look at the label, it says stabilized, rice bran, stabilized with calcium carbonate. Because Research shows rice right? plan will pull calcium out of the bone. Don't ask me why. I don't, know. I don't know the chemical nature of it. Why? But it does. That's why there's stabilizer with calcium carbonate. It never makes sense to me why you take it out and then put it back in. Why? Right? Just use something that doesn't take it out to begin with. Flax is another source of good fat. The only problem with flax is, is how it has a tendency to go rancid more quickly than other types of fat types of omega fatty acids. So it's not um, something that you can easily keep fresh for a horse. You know, flax oil for a person might be okay, but actually about a third of the people can't even um, digest flax oil either. Uh, There's an enzyme missing. Uh, Is there a question here? with oats, if they're getting the right vitamins and the right oil to make them complete, you don't have to crush them or you don't have to tape them. That's right. That's right. Now, once you, one thing to keep in mind as far as crimped or rolled oats or any grains, once you crack that hull, it actually starts going rancid. It starts breaking down. Now, oats or rolled oats are only about 6% more efficient digestibility-wise anyway. So it's not worth the trade off. You know, you're better off with whole oats and then you're with the right vitamins and enzymes added to them, they're going to digest fine. You know, the first week or so you might see some in the stool till they're gut adjusted. Yes. Right, rice bran oil is intimidated. What can we get commercially from that? store is not going to carry anything they're not going to because most I mean I don't know of any to do put it that way because you know it's, it's price you can buy western oil you can buy oh I'm sorry the question is what can you buy commercially in your store as far as oil goes you know most will have corn oil they might have some type of vegetable oil but in every case it's that I've ever seen in a store anyway price is an issue obviously for the mass consumer, the unknowledgeable consumer like you are now, you understand, but price is an issue and then oil is an oil. Well, it's simply not. It has to be crude and unrefined. Now, what that means is all the goody hasn't been filtered out of it, okay? Because most oils, because they're, they're, they're cheap, because the good stuff, the vitamin E's or cacoparol, we call them, the phospholipids, which is what this doctor is injecting, okay, the plant sterols, the good healing stuff for the body, is have been filtered out and sold to some drug company somewhere or some other industry. So the key is crude and unrefined, not refined, like refined sugar. You know, that's another problem we have. It's processed sugar versus raw sugar. Not good for you. The crude, unrefined mechanically extracted or cold processed. These are the kind of things you want to look for. Not use, not chemicals to get this stuff out. Are, like some of your olive oils actually they use chemicals to get stuff out of them. And benzene which is not too good. You know, that's, that's actually used as a chemical to pull some of this stuff that they sell elsewhere out of oil. So like olive oil is good but most horses don't like it. But even if you did use it it would have to be extra virgin olive oil. That's a better food. But what we found as we test is crude, unrefined, unprocessed, not hydrogenated soybean oil. And we even have found and we've even found a Jeep soybean oil. the crude, unrefined, unprocessed. We've even found a genetically modified organism-free version, which I resisted even considering that for years, but it had, since we finally found the source of it and started using a genetically modified organism-free version, it's actually working better. So I do like that. Yeah. Cold-pressed what? Cold-pressed wheat germ would certainly be better than... Yeah. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. To say cold pressed, unprocessed, um, not hydrogenated—that's because it can be cold pressed and it can still be hydrogenated. Hydrogenated is where they bubble through hydrogen. That's what makes it stable. That's what keeps it from going rancid. But part of the process actually involves nickel. So you could have heavy metal. I mean, that's part of the problem with people when we're eating all these hydrogenated. we are getting too much nickel in our diets too, and too much aluminum, too much. Mercury and on and on and on heavy metal water. You talked a lot about diet, but can you understand the analogy? has gotta look at the diet. I mean, you just can't even get them better if you keep them on these commercial feeds. You just can't even get them better. Do you, you know the smart path? Yes. What do you think about those? So well, Smartpak has pretty much products for most companies out there. The question was, what about Smartpak? but most of our products, Smartpak actually buys from us in bulk I and mean, they put it in these little cups. But they buy from pretty, from you know, some more reputable manufacturers out there. And uh, like uh, we have a product called Bug Check, which is a whole other issue. We'll talk about next as far as out. We put it in the food to keep the flies and the it and off your horses. Now, it's not that flies and sticks are the problem with regards to allergies, but it's what triggers them many times. If you have that horse that, you know, the teeth the and the belly and all that is swollen all the time. And, I mean, you know if your horse has a problem with dust. Well, the most logical thing is, well, let's get them off of it. You know, let's keep him off of it. And most of the time, most people will use sprays of some sort. Well, that's a chemical, that's a toxin, something else that the body has to handle to get rid of. So it's a catch-22 almost. We, that was one of the very first problems I solved once I had my transition, you know, from conventional medicine to, to a more natural approach. well, how do we get rid of flies? You know, what can we do naturally to get rid of flies without using these toxic sprays? So well, what we eventually we started with garlic, and there's probably some people in here that use garlic and garlic great, But garlic I didn't find actually would take care of the problem enough for my situation, you know, for what I wanted. But it is a great source sulfur. It's a wonderful source of sulfur, and sulfur is needed uh, in the body. It's important for these, um, hang on one second, it's important for uh, the body in many, many, many different ways. So we started with sulfur, and then we added, and that didn't work, but then we added grapeseed. Grapeseed regards to allergies specifically, it fortifies the skin, strengthens the capillaries, just makes them more resistant to biting insects by making them healthier. It's kind of like um, you know, the mosquitoes and the flies and the ticks, they go bite the tender steak instead of the tough steak that's been fortified with the grape seed. That's a simple way of looking at it. And then we also have a natural mineral in this product that I that actually helps with the larvae and the manure. And then we have some vitamin that helps repel as well. So it's a combination of all those ingredients that make this product work. None of them work by themselves. But combined, after about 100 patches, we finally found a product that's incredible. And since then, we've got 20,000 horses on it. It is smart, fast most popular product. You know, they bought it lot of truckload. We only had nine return in 10 years with 100% money back to and on and on and on. That's much more. It is phenomenal for these allergies. Uh, and it's so healthy for them anyway. I mean, the side effect is that it keeps the bugs off. And I mean that like It's not a medication. It's not as well. But it is phenomenal. It's called bug check. So that's another must for these allergies. So feed and bug check. You know, keep the bug off. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Did you still have one? not overfeed garlic. I mean, you'd have to feed a lot of it. There was a study, not a study, but there was an article that unfortunately did more harm to the horse health than anything I've ever seen. And that was an article in a magazine, a major magazine, that said garlic was toxic to horses. How many saw that? Anybody? Yeah. That article, so many things wrong with that article. First of all, The veterinarian that wrote the article actually had her decimal point off a whole number. So she was implying in the article that a little tiny bit of garlic might cause an anemia. Well, it would take five pounds instead of just a smidge to cause a problem. Secondly, I actually spoke with her. Got all her sources. One of her major sources that she reported to me personally was the University of Illinois Toxicology Department. And I have all of this on tape. Anybody's interested in this. University of Illinois Toxicology Department. I contacted the University of Illinois Toxicology Department in the process of waiting for them to come on the phone. They were selling me this book on toxic plants the whole time that they're recording. Anyway, I paid money for the University of Illinois to do it, just to, to see. I said, look, you know, we have a product that has garlic in it. If there's ever been any situation under any circumstances, I'm going to know it. Well, three days later, they get back and they said, we've never had a taste of toxicity of garlic in the world. Never. They also said we have the largest you know, poison database in the world, if there is, it has ever been one, we'll let you know. Not only did they come back with that, they found the source, which I'd already found, where she truly got her information, which was a book that was talking about cows, not talking about horses. The third mistake, because cows are toxic, it is toxic, and we know that, and every man in the world knows that. A cow is not a horse. No company is totally different. So the point is, uh, there's millions of forces on garlic, there always has been, there was some little study up in Canada done that even says it might be, but you got to consider the source of the study. You know, where did it come from? Anything... Is that better? Is that any better? Um, You've got to consider the source, where did it come from? And, uh, if the drug companies, folks, they don't want to use anything natural. They don't want you to use anything natural because they can't make any money off of it. And that's the truth. Anytime you have something negative published against something natural, you'll follow the money trail, you'll find out that it's a drug company published or funded the research. The same way with you. You know, with stuff like it's, it's incredible. But anyway, the bottom line is, asking what lot better than to write an article. Me for going off on that but that I mean, garlic is such a good garlic to horse. I'm not saying you're to buy one for you know, you 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 know it's cheaper to buy a bug check. It works better and everything, but um, garlic is not toxic to horses. and you can write that on the wall. That's just not. Okay, so we've talked about bugs, we've talked about, oh, there's other things you can use around the barns. So still Can you hear? No, i got ready to That's causing the problem. In the case of a fungus, they might be trying to get rid of those heavy metals that they're constantly exposed to, like where the aluminum marsh can. something on the skin to make it go away immediately. You want to put something in the horse to help them get rid of whatever's going on. You know, most of these fungus horses the first thing to do, you reach for cat cat can or something or fungus, fungus, or, or iodine or bleach heaven forbid, or something like that. And we put this on the horse and you know what that's interfering with the horse coming to it. There's a term in, in uh, Holistic medicine holistic medicine in general called suppression. Suppression is where you actually drive something in to the body. You suppress the body's healing. And that's what all these possible things do. Is they suppress it. actually make it work so it comes back in some other fashion. It comes back work Like the flush and the white line doesn't usually come back. It's because of all these things we put on the feet, Like for now Goodness, crazy. You know, that's what they involve people with? And we put brush, mustard, and some of these other things on the pieces for now to kill the fungus. Forget the fungus, work on the force on the inside and help them get rid of this stuff and help their immune system fight off the plant. If it were just the fungus, how wouldn't you think that, uh, let's say, in the case of brush or white, or with rain rock, if it were just the fungus, wouldn't all Horses have it in the farm? Is one had Usually? Well, usually they don't. Like a one of times, with one or two horses, usually with rain on one or two horses. Usually not all of them. It could be, it would die, really messed up. But the point is, it's not the fungus that's causing the problem. It's either the immune system is messed up or it can't fight the fungus off, because they're all exposed to it. You know, they're all exposed to the same fungus. It's either the immune system or they can't fight it off. They're just, uh, you know, they're just not able to uh, try to get rid of it. So the bottom line is, uh, with funguses and so on, you've got to work on the immune system. With allergies, you got to work on the immune system. And the first thing we do with both of those situations, any kind of eating skin, any kind of allergy, is work on the diet. Even a lung horse, even a, even a COPD allergy horse. Anyone have a COPD horse? I don't want to leave you out. Okay, that's another form of allergy chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, PD horse, That is basically an allergy in the lung that has advanced so far that we've got scar tissue and everything else that's developed in the lung that makes it really hard to breathe. They're literally suffocating, or will eventually, if you don't stop it, if you don't at least arrest it. And the first thing you do with these horses, and your veterinarian's not going to do it because he's just like I used to, the Purina used to have all the answers. He's not going to tell you that he to feed the people. He might tell you to get on a low-carb diet because carbs are not good for you, but that's not even the carbs. The junk. even these um, insulin resistant cushions, laminated courses, if you forget the carbs, get them on oats and the things we talked about and they'll get better. It's unbelievable how much difference it makes getting them on commercial feed. See, <laughs> And I'm sorry, but this is—you know—we're the same way. Our food is so bad today. Another thing that I've had so wrong with our food, and our horses' food, is we're not getting the micronutrients that You got to put the vitamins in. You got to put the minerals in. But our soils are just so deficient. Because we farmed them so much over the years, but more importantly, all we put on these fields to make this food grow, either for horses or for us, is fertilized. that's what we use to make plants grow, that's what we use to make hay grow, that's what we use to make grass grow. Now, what is fertilized? Most of us think, I used to think it was everything they needed to grow. Do you know what fertilizer really is? Nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. What are two things that are deadly to horses? The horses. Nitrogen and potassium are deadly to horses, and we're fertilizing our fields with fertilizers. We're hanging, and we're putting it on our hay fields. And why do we do that? Because it makes grass grow and makes it nice and green of water, and it's full of nitrogen, pishas, and phosphorus. And phosphorus is fine, but the nitrogen is- and so on, even there, it's that it, it actually intensifies the funguses in your grasses, especially your fescue your, um, grasses that have funguses on. It actually makes those work when they have excess capacity. Now, how do we avoid excess capacity? Well, first of all, would, would you agree with me that when a horse generally has a collage situation or a usually... the change in the weather. You know, I don't know about you, but I can't tell you how many times I've been out on that cold, rainy, sleety day for a college. You know, and they're walking them into the rain and snow. This winter's a change of weather. Now the reason for that is, uh, and some of y'all heard this, but it's just so critical that you understand this too. Um, grass is a living, breathing organism. It breathes carbon dioxide, we breathe oxygen. The grass changes hour to hour to hour. If the grass thinks it's gonna die, it sucks potassium up from the ground. Because that's what brings the water with it. That's what makes the grass grow, but it brings suspected potassium up from the ground. That attracts more water molecules. Let's say you have a horse that's been eating nice hay all winter, okay? And it's loaded with fertilizer, it's loaded with potassium. It's already chronically high on potassium. And then you turn it off in the spring with this grass that's got all this fertilized stuff up into it, Because it's growing too, and you get an overload of potassium. It's the horse. If that's not handled immediately for the horse and some mechanism within the body, if it's not handled immediately, that potassium in the gut literally changes the acidity in the gut. Just like that. And what would normally be good gut becomes a deadly gut. You know, the bacteria in the gut can become so poisonous that it causes things like laminitis or causes things like colic, or even things like phosphorism. I don't know. Anyone ever had a horse of in and every day? Have it's awful. But it's and, and we all in veterinary school we were told that it was because something died and, and it was picked up in the hay or in the grain or something. You know Years of practice, I never found anything dead in the hair the for the horse with pasture. So what I did find, what I finally discovered, is this rapid change in the gut that causes these organisms that are already there to become dead. That's my theory on pasture. So we don't want any change in the gut in the horse no. in a rapid situation. Potassium. First of all, did that make sense? What I I mean, if, if a horse is grazing and he gets too much potassium to cause a change in the grass, then he's got to balance that potassium somehow. Now, how does he balance it? He balances it with salt and minerals. Now, how do most of us provide salt and minerals for a horse besides through the feed, like we talked about, where they're all out of balance anyway? Salt, salt water. Folks, blocks were made for cattle, not for horses. A horse is not a licker. These tons of stuff, throw them away. These salt blocks, throw them away, throw them as far as you can throw them. Because a horse cannot get what he needs from any block of any kind fast enough to balance even that excess of housing load. And that's the most critical situation. They just can't live fast enough. So they wind up chewing them, or they, um, you know. But, and, and another thing about blocks, besides not being able to lick them, the salt is made for industrial use. It's industrial salt. It's actually the red gas. Those are um, they red for one of two reasons: either have a dye in there, or they have um, iron oxide, which is red. And that's what years ago, when they didn't have good mixtures and they'd add iron to it, and once it was all red, all the mixture red, then it was mixed. With it. And that's a true story. But, but iron oxide, what they don't understand, or what I don't know why most people don't understand it anymore, but the iron oxide ties up all the other minerals anyway, so they're totally useless. You might as well just use a white block if you're going to use any. But the white blocks are industrial salt. So kill dried, the bleach, it's dead salt. And besides that, a horse can get it fast enough by licking it to take care of those excess potassium. Is that what And one more thing, one, one more thing on the block or uh, is there are man's minerals that are in there? You know, like I said, it's industrial salt, many times actually chemical, right? Salt are always a chemical, but it's also uh, the minerals themselves are many times other industry leftovers, waste products of other industries. A lot of your vitamin mineral mixes, the minerals are other industries left like selenium. Most of the selenium that's in our horses' diet or in these selenium mixes is selenite or selenate. If it is an LTE or ATE, it's a waste product in copper mining. In most cases, often a potential for oxygen. And they don't need extra and That's what causes their need, not the garlic. You know? So we're real careful with our sources of selenium, but again, it's man's idea of what they need, vitamin the and mineral wise. Now even our product that we add to oats is still man's idea of what they need to balance oats. But there's probably things that we're not getting there. You know, there's minerals today that we could not use ten years ago, and there's going to be minerals ten years from now that we don't have today. So, understanding just that simple concept, what we've got to do is you know, look at what Mother Nature again has up. offer. Like seed natural source of salt and minerals that has every mineral known to man that we know of. And this used to be an ocean way back then from the desert. And that's in the desert now. It used to be the ocean. So every mineral known to man is in there. But there's also the things that were in that ocean way back then are still attached to those minerals, so they're more readily absorbed. And there's probably micronutrients and minerals in there that we haven't even discovered yet. With this product, instead of a black one, it's just a loose one, so they can get all they need all the time and get a big gulp of it. That is the single most healthy thing you can do for any horse, in my opinion, any horse with any situation health wise or treatment wise is to get rid of that salt block and mineral block and feed a free choice natural salt and mineral. And I hope you'll look it at that because I promise you there's nothing there. It's red out. And then we even have a high version for those insulin resistant, um, overweight, hypothyroid, laminated, Of sources it extra magnesium added to it because that's going to, to help those situations. It's so easy. You just hang put it in a bucket. Make sure there's a little it all the time. Rain doesn't hurt it. That's what makes it better because it makes it stick to the bottom of the bucket. When the rain's on, just tip the bucket, pour the water off. If you see the empty or the bottom of the bucket, and add a little fresh to it. It's easier than a block anyway. But I promise you, your horses will be and much, much healthier. I have a farm in Kentucky. A lot of farms in Kentucky we use but one of them by 600 times. They have 200 broodmares. They've been on it about four years now. Four years. They fold their mares uh, out in the field. You know, they don't not in the stall. Nobody watching them. In the night. In four years since they've been on this product. They've never lost a baby in the field. Not one. Not one. That's their fact. The veterinarian that's lending this product. Is Remember all these mares that were losing their babies over there? Several years they lost about sixty percent of all crop. But when they would, when he, of course, we all were told it was caterpillars. When for a while, but caterpillars. was the final thing. She asked about any toxins. But caterpillars is the final thing. That's what related. You know, that is it. But when this particular veterinarian would take away the saw blocks and mineral blocks or even the man-made free-choice and replace it with what we're talking about, it wasn't mine. It was just the, you know, the raw product at that time. Because she told me about it. Those merits would stop abortion. So it's absolutely critical to help, to say the least. Yes. Now somebody has a question. Yes. No, when you feed, when you mix the oats, you mix them with water. No, absolutely no reason to do that. When you ask if you add water to oats before you eat them, no. you don't need to do that. Get her back on me. Get her on the oats. Because then when you get the vitamins and enzymes right, like we talked about, and you come by the booth and I'll show you how, and you get the, the oil the fat right, that's not going to be near the problem. Now, in her case, you might have to crimp the roller. I mean, if she has no teeth, there's no problem. Just make sure you look fresh. You know, try to find somebody that can get you fresh crimp the up But in 97% of cases, you can rolls. even rolls, And with her, once she's adjusted to it, be fine. We're talking about what we've talked about so far will take care of your allergy problem. I mean that's see hundreds and hundreds of allergy cases. Now we do have a couple aspects more that we want to add. One is we want to give them something to help get rid of the junk in the body, even more. The mineral that we talked about will help, believe it or not, because exactly like exactly charged. You know, it's not dead and it the children out of the chemical. It's actually electrically charged to help detoxify. There's a, there's a multi-herb mix that's like super potent antioxidants to help get rid of the drug that's in the body too. That's really it's critical for us to take antioxidants as much as we're exposed to today. Uh, and then the other thing is we specifically have a, an herbal formula for the allergy itself. For it said, it works also for the lung pounds, the COPD. Okay. Now they don't need that forever. Thank oh, goodness it's quite pricey, you know. But if you do the other things along with it and add this to it for a while, it kind of gets them over the hump, it gets them to where the other things are able to kick in the diet the minerals and everything else. I, was that, that, I, mean, I apologize for the It's so hard for me not to talk about you know what we do. It's called alkaline. Right. And, that, and that is the product that kind of get them over the hump to provide uh, things like quercetin and, and there's an herbal ingredient in there called the ravenover which is from this, um, the western larch tree the Indians used this ingredient for centuries for everything to truly modulate the immune system boost it if it needs it. it brings it down if it needs it it's incredible for these allergies and that's one of the extra ingredients in there so About Himalayan salt, I certainly don't have any problem with that. It's about a million times better than white or kill dry or dead salt. But it's still a chunk or a block form, so they still have to bite at it. They can't get it as fast as they could just getting a big gulp of the other. Plus, what we've done with ours, we actually have it. it's from three different sources, three different um, pristine ocean, prehistoric ocean sources. So, without a doubt, it is Yes. I'm sorry I can't hear you everything we do talk talked about as far as Cushing's you will apply the diet and the minerals and so on forget the low starch we talked about that too it's not even an issue with the oats if you have the right minerals and vitamins and the oil put them on oats but they got to have the other stuff to go with them and, and, and this, these um, low carb diets, these concentrated foods—if you look—are the senior foods are so bad to have massive amounts of these bad. Foods. So uh, these bad fats that we were, these bad facts that we were talking about earlier, these senior foods these commercial foods are full of them. Because that's how they keep the weight on these older horses—is the fats. The problem is, it's those bad fats, and again, they're cooked usually. Now we think because they're cooked, they're probably going to give us um, be easier to digest. Well, the goodies gone from come if they're cooked. So still, oats, at least for now. I mean, it's, it's I, I, I cannot think of a single allergy case out of the hundreds that we've seen that hasn't had absolutely incredible results. Yes. I would suggest for a horse with HYP definitely our red cow. This natural salt and mineral. We have hundreds on it that have HYP. It's not. It's no added potassium at all, and I mean they absolutely no problems with it whatsoever. And still the fat, we gotta have the good fat. Just gotta be careful with the vitamin mineral mix as far as extra potassium. We do have many of our HYPP horses even on that oat, the just that oats that we talked about. But you know, you would wanna be real careful just to make sure your horse doesn't have an issue. Yes, sir. Did you have a question? Any other questions? Am I out of time? Okay, thank you. Uh, we're located in um, booth 247, I think. If you just go right down that back wall there, all the way to the towards the end, when you get to tubs Tax, go right across from him. You can't miss it. It's the Natural Horse Bet. And please go online naturalhorsebet.com. We have all kinds of uh, videos you can watch online. Uh, this things like this are recorded, so you can listen to them online later, and so on and so forth. Hey, thank you all so much. I've Appreciate your chance. Thank you.